Hello, it's Haley, the voice of Eclipse. It is time for episode 17, Night Rider 2, Immolation Boogaloo. But first, I just want to say welcome to all the new listeners. I hope you're enjoying it so far. For all you listeners new or listeners from the start, we would really appreciate if you would leave us a review or tell us, uh, tell at least, I don't know, five friends or so about us so we can just help grow our show any any little bit of word of mouth, telling people about our show, reviews, all of those things are the way that we get more listeners and the more listeners we have, the more awesome contact content we can uh, continue to put out for you guys. So with that, I'm just going to get to uh, some nitty gritty. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us uh, with the hideous laughter podcast at gmail.com or connect with us on Twitter or Snapchat at laughter hideous or on instagram slash facebook at hideous laughter pod that's all for me so enjoy episode 17 do you like liquor and things that go boo then buckle up, listener, because this one's for you. Prepare yourself for the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast, episode 17. Huh. You know, normally I start this off with... What are you guys drinking? But looking around the room, we all have a shot glass in front of us. So why don't we just stop being bitches and take the fucking shot already? Let's roll. Let's go. Cheers, guys. Episode 17. We made it. We made it 17 episodes. What a milestone. (sighs) (laughs) God, Steve. Oh, Oh, man, Steve. Content uh, shots like it used to. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that shot was brought to you by Anna Holman, my sister-in-law, and she gifted us with these amazing, amazing hideous laughter shot glasses with all of our uh, names on them. Yeah, they are truly dope. I frosty, love them a lot. Yes, frosty oh, yeah. shot glasses. Fantastic. They're Great awesome. choice, Anna. Thank you, thank you for the early gift, early Christmas gift. I think it's worth noting that they're doubles too, which is very appropriate for our style. Yeah, yeah, I felt the I felt the second part of that double. It definitely it looked like you did too, Steve. That that looked like a really <laughs> painful shot. I mean, I've seen you, I've seen you take some sips of hams that looked like you were gonna like keel over, but that one that was tough, man. I mean, I I drank a lot last night. Yeah, I know. I'm on the hungover uh, wagon right now. I don't know if that's a thing, but it is now. And I'm, it, that taking a double shot of vodka to start my day off is <laughs> not settling well. Jeez, I mean, it is. It's only eight a.m., guys. Yeah, yeah. We got a long it's only day. Only eight a.m. Just started the day bright and early, coming off of a rager. So, you guys might have noticed that we're doing some housekeeping up top. We haven't recorded in a really long time. We had yeah, I a, missed you guys. I know, I know. I missed you guys too. Freaking holidays. Yeah, tis the season though. And I want you guys to listen to something. 
That is the sound of a die getting rolled through a four-can-tall Ham's Dice Tower. Our buddy, uh, our really good buddy, uh, local dude called Eric. He's uh, at 10 Lawn Gnomes, I think, on Twitter. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, he made this wicked um, Dice Tower. It's four cans of Ham's on top of each other. And there's pictures of it up on our Instagram and Twitter and stuff. It's it's sweet. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll turn some of those ones into 20s. Well, I don't know if it's that magical. It'd have to be like a plus three. <sighs> no, yeah. It's um, only got like a plus one enhancement. Yeah, big shout out to Eric, especially like Eric's kind of the guy that got me and Haley into Pathfinder. He was our OG GM. Uh, we really appreciate him. He's a huge friend of the show. I actually wanted to do a shout out uh, to Ryan at Rustin Chrome again because he blew us away a second time with even more fan art of, you know, our evil characters. So if you haven't listened to the evil interlude, you should go ahead and uh, do that so you can be fully caught up. But Ryan's such a good friend of the show as well. Uh, he actually even did a picture of Horace. Dear to my heart. It was beautiful. I, I really appreciated that wonderful, wonderful representation of my visage. Mm, but you didn't done. get the length right. What have you oh. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much, Ryan. Oh. All right. Somebody has finally answered our pleas of providing us with alcohol. So I would like to thank my family, Laura, Mike, Anna, and Drew, for providing us with the vodka that we took in the shots from Minnesota and then also some beer from Minnesota. Slurp. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Clearly enjoying it. That is a Toppling Giant Brewing Company uh, beer. It's a Pompeii IPA. It's really tasty. Oh, yeah. Especially Drew Holman down there at Iowa State. Woot woot. Go Cyclones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the only one wooting for that. Haley. And you can find his dorm at this end. <laughs> <laughs> I have another Hol- Holman to uh, thank. It's Emily Holman, but she is not related to the rest of them. Yeah, weirdly enough. <laughs> she, she is related in our hearts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say for us. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, she's at Pinathan on Twitter. She actually did some awesome character art for us as well. Uh, got all of our um, characters. She, she did, I think, two of Motumbe, right? That's right. The yeah. bonus the bonus tomb. The, the bonus Motumbe. <laughs> but yeah, it was really awesome to see. Uh, r- really enjoyed seeing that and finding that um, on the Twitter feed. Well, that one's Matumbe. B-A-E. Yeah. Oh, yeah. B-A-E. B-A-E. Yeah. B-A-E. And you can find her um, on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. But she also is on a show that a few of us around the table listen to within the yeah, waves. Definitely. Uh, D&D 5e podcast. It's all homebrew. It's nautical AF. It's a good show. I listen to it myself. So shout out to you, Emily Holman. And, and the rest of Within the Waves crew, too. You guys are cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with that stuff out of the way, guys, I miss the heck out of you over the holidays. What the fuck are you drinking? Steve, we already got you. How about you, Brooks? Well, I am drinking the vodka provided to us, the Norseman vodka, straight from MSP, and uh, and some Dewey, because I'm a good boy. A good boy with your Dewey? You going to yep. have some tendies for dinner? Oh, I wish. Yum, yum, yum. I mean, just oh. get Tyrone over here. He'll <laughs> save us. Haley, what about you? Um, well, I'm starting with a... 
Hey, uh, boozy coffee, uh, hazelnut rum, and, and coffee. It's uh, mixing it up. That's not your usual yeah. uh, rum and Pepsi. I actually, and then, I actually have one of those over here too. Yeah, I made it for Steve. <laughs> I he finished mine already. <laughs> yeah, I like my coffee with a lot of burn. <laughs> but then I'm also I've also got sitting over here a uh, blackberry moonshine. I have not figured out a chaser, so it looks like I'm just doing shots of that. Woo! Good thing we have a shot glass. Heck yeah! Emily, how about you? I am also enjoying the vodka with Sprite. Vodka with Sprite. Can't go wrong. As for me, another another gift from the Holmans. I've got Dorothy New World Lager, again by Toppling Goliath Brewery, which is a sick as fuck brewery name. That is. I mean, it would be very appropriate if we're playing Giant Slayer. Yeah, well, yeah. you know. Yeah, well. Seat was taken. <laughs> so they say. Slurp. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that flavor. It's delicious, though. I see why Steve has so much trouble. They're very full cans. Yeah, they're pretty full. We got tall boys over here. Yeah. You know what? That might be a bit of an art to do the sip on can or on Mike. So. I don't no, don't call it art. I don't know. Don't call it art. <laughs> no, no, no. I refuse to call it art. I just think it brings a lot to the 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 medium. A lot to the medium. Yeah. I mean, you could call it Foley work, but you're actually doing it. So it's mm-hmm. not like you're making a noise to make it sound like you're doing that. You're just going it's, for it. It's one action that results in a somatic and auditory component. <laughs> oh. I love it. <laughs> and what level spell all of our that? listeners, a slight cringe as well. I don't know what that would exactly uh, entail, but. Yeah, it really, it really gives the, uh, makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck when you listen to that. It's lovely. Keep them on edge. So, guys, last week you explored some of Harrowstone Prison. You got kind of into the depths. You encountered a couple spooky haunts. And Ikmer, upon entering this room, came up to the edge of this black pit. And with his dark vision, he could see down and down and down it goes into a puddle deeper than a puddle, maybe, of water at the bottom. I ask you all to roll a perception. Ikmer is the only one that saw these flaming skulls fly up from the depths of this hole and attack the party. I need everyone to roll for initiative, because we're in combat now. Can I keep mine from last time? I don't know. I think we cut it off the end. I know you cut it off the end because it was like 19. <laughs> all right. All right. You can keep the 19. 12 for Ikmer. This is going to be the first roll going through the Ham's Tower on air. Eric, you better not have done me dirty. I can't see it. I got to stand up. 17. 17 on the die. Hey, your luck's turning around. Maybe you should call him 17 one knows You know what I'm saying. 17 one. So what's that total, Steve? Oh, I actually still have to do the math. Uh, 23. Wait, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. It's 21. And Lyra, what was your total? 24. 24, damn. Yeah, rolled high. Okay. This combat begins on a surprise round. And Ikmer is the only one that saw these skulls coming, so he is the only one to act in the surprise round. Now, Ikmer does beat 
the Skull's initiative, so he will act before them. He sees them erupt out of the hole, and they kind of scatter. What does Ick do? Uh, guys, there's skulls. And uh, he's going to just try to swing at them, swing at the one right in front of him. Yes, there is one right in front of you. Now, just be aware, even though that, that token is right there, you can't step forward any further without falling into the hole. So you're right on the edge of it right now. Okay. But you can certainly hit it. How about 15? 15 does not hit. Ow. Okay, with that, the skulls are going to act. And they are tiny. So they're going to enter into each of your squares one by one by one. The bottle cap and skull in front of Ikmer is going to enter into his square. Ikmer, because you acted before the skull, you do get an attack of opportunity. The rest of you do not. Heck yeah. How about a 16? Does not hit. Oh my goodness. Well, we're, these, are, uh, these are pesky little skulls. They're really hard to hit. We're getting closer to finding their AC. Yep, you're getting closer. So the skulls have gone. We're into regular initiative order, which means Lyra, what do you do? Lyra remembers these from the burning town hall meeting. Uh, so she's going to do what she did before and try to hit it with her morning star. Is she going to step out? Because it's like it's in your square, so oh. it's like so you can take a five foot step outside of it, and then it won't be in your square anymore when it's its turn. Yeah, yeah. So she will take a five foot step, uh, just kind of back and away from the hole, and get out of the square to the west. Yep. And uh, I don't think it's gonna hit with a five. A five does not hit. Matumbe, you're up. All right, um, Matsumbe took some serious damage from these skulls um, before. So what he's going to do is take a five-foot step out of the square he's in, kind of diagonal away from the party. That gives him a little breathing room. And when he does that, he can go ahead and use his Disrupt Undead spell, which he knows is effective. Okay, so make me a ranged touch attack. Now, you can do that even though you're five squares away from, or a five-foot step away from him, because he has to be in your square to attack you. Yes. Okay. It's a 19 on the die. That will hit. Man, Eric, nice dice tower. This is, I think my luck's turning around. Blessed. Hey, knock on wood there. Yeah, knock on wood. The whole whole table's wood. Not even God himself could stop my rolling. Wow. (laughs) Bold. All right, yep. that's a, yep, yep, you're yep, right. Yep, yep. That's a that's a one on that d6. <laughs> okay, but you can tell, you know, 100. It is a fucking skull, so it is damaged by disrupt undead. Um, with that, eclipse. Take your turn. Now, what weapon does eclipse currently have out? The big old sword. Is she using the sword. Yeah. Okay. But she's gonna take a five foot step back. Also to the west. Directly next to Lyra. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then I am going to use an energy ray. Okay. So it's a touch attack. Ooh. 13. 13 does not hit their touch AC. Yeah, I just spark a little. Also, is 
that array that would say be in line with the other one? Would it hit the? Would it have a chance to hit the uh, next Usually one? Usually, something that it is a it's a ray that has a range of thirty feet. But I believe it just hits the first one. So usually stuff like that has a special property, Brooks. But generally how something like that would work would be if it hits the first one, kind of like cleave, if you've ever used cleave. If it hits on the first one, it would continue on to the next one. I don't think that's the case for Energy Ray, but I'm sure there are there are like line spells that, that do that. Okay, um, so it would have a range line or... It would just be, yeah. it's like you're pew and it's like a little ray. Got it. energy ray. Some pew uh, pew. So either so. way, I just spark a little and don't really do anything. Okay. So, Ikmer, it's your turn. There's a skull in your square. All right. He will take a step to the north, a five-foot step to the northwest. Man, you're on it with those directions. Basically, our entire party is spreading out. You're spreading yes. out with the skulls yeah. in the middle. You've learned surround tactics. That's right. <laughs> Right, 17 episodes yeah. later. Gonna try to swing it <laughs> there. I told you uh, we made it. It's another another nine, so I don't need to do the math to tell you that one doesn't Does hit. Does not hit. All right. It's the skull's turn, and they're basically going to do what they did last turn, except they have a full action. So each is going to move into one of the player's squares, the one it was prior, or it was in prior. Uh, each of you, if you have a weapon out, can make an attack of opportunity. Hell yeah. Ooh, guess what, guys? So a nine on the die didn't hit, a ten on the die didn't hit. Natural 20! But uh, how about a 17? Hits. <laughs> I wonder you bastards. Is. Yeah, that's a 13 total. That doesn't hit. That doesn't hit. 15? 15 doesn't hit. So, so, Ikmer, roll your damage, and then we'll get... Eclipse's critical... Well, why don't you try and confirm that critical? I rolled a three. <laughs> that does not confirm, but each of you do hit. Yay. So roll your I did damage. nine. Nine points of damage, it drops. Nice. Yeah. Twelve. It also drops. Nice. Okay, now the skulls in Lyra and Matumbe's squares are going to continue their turn. They're each going to attack at you. Uh, 18 on the die is going to hit Matumbe, but Lyra, a 2 on the die is not going to hit you. So, Matumbe gets hit for 3 points of damage, 1 point of physical, 2 points of fire. Okay. Lyra, you're up. She is going to take a 5 foot step south uh, so that her and Eclipse would be flanking this skull. Now, you can see on the map, there's like rubble behind Lyra. So she's not in the rubble yet. But what I will say is if she moves, if she wants to move back there, it's actually going to be a move action because it's difficult terrain. So you can't take a five foot step into difficult terrain. And that rubble is just too difficult for Lyra to navigate. So so if you were to move again, you would kind of want to go to the side of that. Have to move diagonally then. Okay. Uh, and then she is going to try to hit with her morning star. Nope. Nope. All right. You win. How about Matumbe? It goes wide. All right. Matumbe has a fairly tried and tr- uh, 
trusted tactic here. He's going to take a five-foot step. This brings him closer to the party this time, um, but he is going to use his Disrupt Undead again and see if he can hit the skull. Eric coming up big. That's a 16 on the die. Damn, Eric. Damn. Make me a dice tower. More like 16, Long. Uh, 16 on the die is a hit. All right. Um, four points of damage. Okay, it's still up. It's Eclipse's turn. Um, well, I'm going to try and go ahead and swing at this one. Uh, right between Alira and myself. Okay. And I uh, definitely whiff. Maybe on the other side. You whiff? Okay. Ikmer. Alright, Ikmer is going to move just to the east of Matumbe. Also attacking the same skull that Matumbe has been attacking. Go for it. 13 on the die. I know we'll do it. So, 8 damage. 8 damage. And it drops. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Matumbe, for his uh, positive energy damage. Matumbe. It is now the skull's turn. And I think that skull... Now, they're not very smart. And the issue with that is, I think it had a target in mind, and it's just going to continue at her. So this skull moves into Lyra's square once again. The last remaining skull. Lyra, make me an attack of opportunity. Let's see us uh, trying a new die. I rolled a one. Ooh. No. Her whips hits herself in the shin pad. (laughs) Okay. So this guy is going to attack at you. Natural four. Misses. Woo. It's misses everywhere. Now it is Lyra's turn. Lyra is going to take a step uh, to the west again, so avoiding the rubble, trying not to get too cut off from the group. Sure. And she is going to try to hit it again. Go for it. Only a 12, so probably not. That doesn't do it. <laughs> Are you taking Matumbe's spot? Yeah, the bad juju transferred <laughs> bad over juju. across the table. Yeah. Do you touch all her dice, Steve? Eric's, well, Eric just needs to make a, like a white claw tower. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like those cans are too skinny. It'd be pretty unstable. <laughs> all right. Matumbe, you're up. Oh, sorry, I just had to drink some boozy coffee. Um, Matumbe is good where he's at. He doesn't need to move. He's going to make a ranged touch attack with his disrupt undead spell. Awesome. All right, that's a nine on the die. Uh, range touch probably is not going to do that. No. I think yeah. that's uh, 11 touch. 11 does not do You just add your dex. Uh, probably your attack bonus too, so 12 touch. Yeah, it's not going to do it. Okay. Eclipse. All right, I'm going to step one up towards this uh, flaming skull that keeps going after Lyra. Sure. And I'm going to swing. I got 18 on the die, plus five. Fuck, you hit. Yeah. My minimum damage is nine. And I got 12. How do you kill this last one? Oh, I like to imagine that I bring this way oversized sword just straight down and crack the skull like right Like a chop. And yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you bring it down and the skull kind of goes with your sword 
but the end of your momentum is the ground. And once it kind of hits the stone floor, it slices perfectly in half. And you guys are out of combat. I'd like to pick up pick up the skull halves, please. Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna clack them together. Oh. I might I might uh, go ahead and call upon my invisible steed if I might need to. <laughs> Not nice. yet, but I'll I'll be ready once I get awesome. my invisible speed. Steed. Awesome. Okay, so you guys are out of combat. You still Music feel is way more ominous than I thought it was gonna be. You still We're feel this oppressive just dark energy in this place and it's weighing down on each of your characters I mean it it feels like you've been in here an hour maybe it feels like you haven't seen the sun in a couple of days how how does this take its toll on each of your characters you any of your characters like have they ever felt anything like this? Do they do they know what this kind of like negative energy is even? I would say that Matumbe is not unfamiliar with this feeling. Matumbe comes from the Mwangi expanse, and there is some really dark shit in those jungles. So He's probably been in places that obviously aesthetically are nothing like this, but probably have the same feel. Just the same vibe of yeah. just like hopelessness, like despair. Yeah. Pla- places where just terrible, terrible things have happened. Yeah. So Matumbe kind of, I feel like that doesn't, that doesn't break his stride at all. He's, you know, he's dealt with this kind of thing. He knows what he's up against. What about Ick? Well, I would say that he also is a bit used to this feeling. More of uh, at home, though. And so it's... But that doesn't necessarily make it easier. Um, so he's used to, like, this kind of... This sadness, this... Down, dreary, like, rainy day all the time feeling. And... Uh, Maybe like just a little bit panicked at every step, itchy to to move move along. Gotcha, Lyra. How does Lyra feel? So this would, I think, be a feeling that she hasn't felt in a long time. When she was with Mikhail, she had a happy, healthy childhood. Uh, but I feel like there would be a nagging sense in the back of her mind that this sort of oppression she's felt before uh, with her time in the cult being kind of trapped and held down and being used for her power. uh, She might not really be able to pinpoint exactly, but there'll be that nagging feeling of like, this has happened before. I don't like this. Something, this this can't happen. I feel like in the back of Lyra's head, She's kind of hearing the Enjoy your friends for now. And that's kind of like I think that's probably something that's nagging at you as you as you feel this just this atmosphere of this place. It's like your past and then just the threat of losing something that you've, you know, in the past week grown familiar with. Eclipse. 
Eclipse, the most familiar with spirits, the most in tune with them in some senses. How is she feeling here? She is having actually a a really hard time with the dark and negative. Um, Her life was really pretty good um, as far as she can remember. But there's this, uh, again, I don't know, maybe it's similar to what Lyra's feeling. It's, It's almost like flashbacks. Like it's coming in like waves. And she just keeps reaching to this this necklace that she's had since she was a baby. She doesn't even remember why she has it, what it what it is from, and she just keeps reaching to it as the only comfort. And as much as you know, the fact that there might be more spirits that she could talk to, and she's got the spirits with her, that's her only comfort right now because this dark and negative energy. It's just she's getting like flashbacks, like, but she doesn't remember and she doesn't know what these flashbacks are from. Like she's and it's she doesn't piece them together yet. And at this moment, I think your spirits are somewhat in tune with your emotions, Eclipse. And (laughs) to the rest of the party's surprise, because it is dark enough here, Arenel appears once again. And it sits on Eclipse's shoulder. She breathes out a huge sigh of relief, like... Thank you. Like, she did not want to be alone. <laughs> does anyone, did any of the other party react to this? Matsumbe, like, he kind of starts a little bit. Like, a you know, if your heart skips a beat, you're going to kind of jump yeah. back a Whoa. little bit. Like, oh. <laughs> um, but then he immediately settles back in and, like, a, a, sl- like a slow, small half smile, uh, like, cracks on his face. He's like, well, 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 my friend. It appears you are still with us, after all. Now, I want to get into the mechanics of this a little bit, because there are some mechanics associated with Arenel now that he is with you. When Arenel is out, which is only when it is dark enough for Arenel to be out, and it's not 100% of the time, when it's dark you will have to call him out, you do get a bonus to your initiative. Ooh. So it is a plus two to your initiative when Arenel is out. Okay. Because Arenel is basically acting as a warning for you. He uses his own perception to kind of like call out. Um, and, you know, in the future, if you decide to take familiar feats, then you can have him as a familiar. Aww. Aww. Um, I also wanted to use this as an opportunity to kind of clarify some of the, I know we get a fuck ton of rules wrong on this podcast. We're all, you know, we're what? not, we're not seasoned. experts. <laughs> we're not seasoned experts, but, but I, I, there is one in particular that I think is kind of impacting the way that, um, the way that we're playing Brooks. I did look at the armor master fighter. You do have proficiency in the long sword. You, the only thing you give up as a armor master is the weapon training feats that um, that they get for free, like a regular fighter would get for free. So you are proficient in martial weapons. Oh, even better. So if that's something that, like, you know, in the future, if, you know, if you want Eclipse to still have the weapon, fine. If you want Ikmer to have the weapon, fine. But the option is there. You don't have to stick with simple weapons anymore. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to uh, 
to Ikmer graduating from from the spear. Yeah. I think. I mean, you can keep going down that spear path. Uh, don't get me wrong. I know it's a sentimental thing for Ikmer, but I just wanted to I wanted to make that a point because it is, you know, it is going to gimp you in the long haul and I didn't I didn't realize cuz I, you know, I didn't fully you know, there's a lot of nuances with archetypes in general just because it's like, oh, it replaces this, it modifies this, it does this, you know. So I uh, just wanted to make sure that you knew that. Um, I did what, really appreciate that uh, that pun, though. It's really to the point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> so, so what are you guys doing now? We haven't really gotten a chance to check this room out, correct? Much more than just walking over no, you to walked the... Over, yeah, you walked over to the kind of black hole, the scorched hole. Scorched. You you made some perception checks around. None of them were very high, and I will allow you to kind of, like, actually case the room because that was more to see or hear the, the skulls coming up out of the, out of the um, depths. If you all want to kind of tackle the rest of the room, Matumbe is right up next to the hole, and seeing that he took a ton of damage from skulls in the past and just fought more skulls. He's going to take a better look down that hole to see what's going on down there. Now, Matumbe doesn't have dark vision. That is correct. So Matumbe really can't see very far into the hole. So so how about Matumbe maybe bends over, grabs a maybe an old book that's laying on the ground or a pebble or a brick or something and casts lights on it and mm-hmm. drops it down. Yeah, can certainly do that. All right. So you drop the book down. Not not my book. Right. Different book. Right. I gathered that. <laughs> now, you drop the Phrasma's holy book down there and, and now your character is gimped until you get down there. So Steve, Worth you're, it for that perception check. So, <laughs> Steve, you're uh you're throwing the uh the book with the black fly, right? Oh god. Oh. <laughs> Fuck Urgothoa <laughs> down, down into the depths. Okay, so... Um, Can I make s- that perception check? Yes, or? you may. Uh, but what you see before you make the perception check, because you're you're kind of watching the book, you see the book drop and drop, and it's, it's not very long before you hear a splash. And then you see the light go down a bit before it settles at the bottom of whatever body of water is at the bottom of this... Um, this okay. hole. Okay. Cool. Go ahead and roll a so, perception. So since Ikmer is right there, can he make a check as well with dark vision? Yeah, you could certainly oh. make a check. I've got a fifteen total. Not a whole lot. Um, nine. A nine with dark vision. With dark vision. Um, you can kind of see that it looks like. Well, it looks like a crumbled cell block down here. It looks like it, you can kind of see the remains of, like, iron bars. You can see the crumbling kind of, like, where, where the stone walls were that walled off. So, so this is this is a hole in the ground, but not like not like a hole like a well is a hole like a no. It enters into like a cavern. Okay, so space. it opens up, and I think that I think that you're you dropping the book down really gives you a good idea that it's it's got some size to it it's it's you know it's kind of covered like and you can intuit 
hey, you know, this sinkhole outside that, that's full of water is probably leaking water into this area. It's It's got, you know, from what you can intuit, probably four feet of water at the bottom of it. Sure. So not necessarily safe to drop, like, 25, 30 feet into four feet of water, yeah. but... You know, it, it will lessen the imp- You won't. You maybe will save your ankles a little bit if you were to just jump down or fall down. All right. Well, Ikmer jumps in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do know you you would probably want to grab some rope and 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 it would be it'd be a little more difficult. I know you guys had some experience with a rope when you fell into that pit trap back at Antrellis's house. It's more difficult than that. You don't have a wall to push up on. You can kind of look around this room, and a lot of stuff's crumbling. It might be difficult to actually find a place to tie it down. I'm sure you could, but it, it would take a bit. So that's kind of that's kind of the gist of that room. You can see that it's it's like, I mean, wall to wall, like sixty feet. It's a big room. Okay. Okay. I think we would just tell everybody. We would kind of, kind of. I mean, just tell everybody else. It, it appears the prisoners were held below. If we, if we need to go down there, maybe we should clear out this level first. <laughs> okay. And if we really need to, uh, we can put this uh, dresser over the top of it and uh, close it off. Kind of. Partially, you know. <laughs> no <laughs> so, more skulls. So if you think about it, it is ten feet wide. It's got... So... A dresser, a standard dresser, isn't isn't likely gonna actually span the length of it. I mean, you could you could certainly do something like if you had a tarp, or if you wanted to, if you wanted to spend a good bit of time like trying to remove a chunk from the wall and and throwing it over there, you could definitely do that. I won't stop you from doing that, but like a dresser isn't gonna cut it. Ikmer is doing the math to fit a square peg in a circle hole. Okay. <laughs> I had a toy like this when I was a kid. <laughs> I could never figure it out. Does it's still just, a mystery. I just imagine it having a bunch of like one plus one equals question mark like flying across the screen. <laughs> yeah, it's like not math. It's like birds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Square awesome. equals circle question mark. <laughs> so what do you guys want to do? Because you did, you came out of kind of that auditorium. You came through those doors. You see those doors to the west, you see doors to the north, or a door to the north. I know you kind of wanted to perceive around this room, and they were just kind of looking in the hole. You can certainly do that. Ooh, 19. 18. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Just for the general room. Okay. Ooh, 15 on the die. That's a 19 total. Damn, this fucking dice tower. (laughs) I want shitty Matumbe back. No, sir. What was it? 19 total. 19 total. So um, anybody above a 15 in this room can kind of, you know, you're you're doing your due diligence. You're looking around. You see a bunch of training dummies, which makes you think, hmm, there might be, like, training supplies. You do find kind of a, a small stash of weapons in a locker or a chest or whatever the dresser you were trying to throw. <laughs> uh, so that that kind of like the two brown squares, you you look through it. It's actually a weapon rack. Um, there are a decent amount of weapons. 
you find two halberds, two long swords, and a heavy mace. Oh, guys, uh, that's a nice rack over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone doing anything? Uh, Lyra would like to detect magic on them, see if they're magical at all. So you're not detecting magic. Okay. But I will let you guys do an appraise check if you'd like, if anyone has a praise. Yep. Over here. Um. I'll go ahead and aid that check. Good. So, I got an 18 on the die. I, I know I'm only supposed to beat a 10, but Eric's a, a good man. Made a good dice tower. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, with his aid, I got 14. Uh, 14 is enough to know that the heavy mace is a masterwork heavy mace. The rest are of average quality. Ooh. Is that better than what you have, Lyra? She just has a regular morning star. Okay. So yeah. masterwork would be better, yeah. Well, you have to check. Can you wield a heavy mace? Oh, yeah. I'll look that up. But yeah, if it's an upgrade, definitely use it. I think a heavy mace is a two-hander. Well, we'll hang on to it either way. Right. All right, cool. You guys have that bag of holding, by the way. You could potentially take all of it. That's true. If you just want to, like, sell it back to the weapon shop or something. You can tell pretty much everything but the heavy mace, though, is... I mean, the heavy mace being made of, like, to a finer standard doesn't look like time has degraded it as much as the other items, so... Let's throw it all in the bag of holding and... Eclipse wants to go to the next door. Might as well. Well, right before that door, there's uh, two closet-looking things. Yeah. Yeah, what's in there? I don't know. You taking a peek? We want to know. So they are actually cells. Oh. You can tell from the... um, The bars. The bars, yes. So um, can you guys make me a culture or a history check? Natural one. Nope. Natural one, nice. 11 on the die, that's a 15 total. Oh, that's like the lowest you've rolled today. I, I think, I think my history. lowest was a nine. Do oh we God. actually need a knowledge? You need a rank in either one. Yeah, uh, Ikmer is just going to kind of stare at it. 22 for knowledge history for Lyra. 22. Damn. Lyra, you're not, you're not entirely sure why he would know this because, you know, you're not really from Raven Grow, but... Maybe it was like a book you read about Usulov. Like maybe maybe uh, Mikhail had a decent library that you would kind of page through. You remember reading that the more violent criminals were basically housed down below. You know, there's a second floor here. You could intuit that it kind of went least violent to most violent as far as where the criminals were housed. So in some areas like this, and you look at these cells, these cells are kind of reminiscent of like where a solitary confinement might be because it's like two cells by themselves as as opposed to a cell block. So that's the kind of stuff you know. Like there there are some cells on each floor and you would imagine that the least violent would be above. Alright, so she'll share with the party that 
these were likely the solitary confinement, but for criminals with uh, not quite bad uh, of records, the worst criminals were down below. So maybe the people on this floor, maybe tax tax evasion or something? <laughs> it's a horrible place to be for tax evasion, <laughs> but maybe. So I'm going to roll over your history check and give you this. Um, you do know that like, you know, this was like the hardened criminal. Tax evasion. Har- the hardened, <laughs> hardened criminal prison. It's just the ones that were likely violent to guards and stuff were put down. Okay. So it's going to get even so worse some, as we you go. Know, some murderers are docile when they get to prison kind of thing. Oh, you know, uh, they might have been used for... For target practice in this room, now that I can see what they were doing in this room. Oh, because this was like a training it's like room, a right? Training room, and there's it's a dudes posted up in here in their cells. That's kind of weird. It's it's an intimidation tactic. Yeah, where they were completely like, you know, they were they were basically given view to like these guards tearing up these dummies. And no one would acknowledge them, which which is totally in like in, in in concert with everything we've seen so far. Like the the executions outside with bars, like out, in front like of the windows. Out. We yeah. had the where people were getting sentenced earlier in, in the front theater. of the other prisoners. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, very it's, much, very much. And I think you know you could think of it as kind of the cost of doing business when you're dealing with prisoners like this is kind of like you kind of have to intimidate them to keep them in line. But, but yeah, I mean, some gnarly stuff at this prison for sure. Eclipse would like to open the next door. Um, once we've get, got a good look at this whole solitary confinement area. Sure. The very North. So this is the northernmost room. So in the first floor from where you are, you can see that a good portion of this room is, has been kind of overtaken by that pond you saw outside. So you, you can see that like the wall is failing or has failed. And that's where this water has kind of seeped in and it's collapsed a good chunk of the room. Further, you can see that like some rubble creates difficult terrain in this room. Anything else in here? Um, you're peeking around. Oh, I'll take a step in. Okay. So you can see, to the west, you can see the entrance to what looks like a large stone furnace. And cracks um, a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're looking into this room. The furnace is actually like direct. Yeah. So it's that kind of big space. Just a large furnace you'd probably need to get a little closer to inspect it. But you can see that the walls around where where the water has kind of overtaken the room look charred, like maybe they had been impacted by this fire that took place in the prison. Um, maybe the fire happened on this side. Gotcha. All right. So I think we all enter it by this okay. point. And I think the only really... Well, I think we have two things of interest in this room. The water, I guess 
yeah, encroaching water and the furnace. Yeah, as you look out across the lake, everyone make me a perception check. 22. Ickmer is distracted by the beauty of this pond. Double digits on the die, that's a 14 total. 18 for Lyra. Mine is either 22 or 27 if it's a haunt. So, what was yours, Steve? 14. 14. So, Eclipse and Lyra can see out across the lake what appears to be a small black shape. Kind of it's almost skirting the surface like a shark fin would, but it doesn't look like a fin. It, it looks like kind of like this spot of black, and it's kind of circling around in the water, and you also see other ripples. Is it coming towards us? No, it seems okay. to be just kind of making laps. Eclipse has no interest in that. <laughs> uh, she has... Oh, guys, there's something, something in that water. Uh, and she's going to start walking towards the other door to get out of that room. Okay. Do you guys follow? Uh, I agree with Eclipse. Uh, I, I don't know if I know how to swim very good. Okay. <laughs> Lyra would be pretty interested in it and kind of stand there staring, watching it, trying to figure out what it is, unless somebody like pulls nudged her, her away. Yeah, to kind of break her out of the trance. Okay, so as you guys kind of get further into the room, stop yourselves in the middle and make me a perception check. Okay. 22 or 27. 16. Oh, man. A 6 on the die. No, that's a 9 on the die. Sorry. That's a 13. 7. Okay. As you're walking through the middle of this room... And please place your characters. Actually... Yeah, you would be closest to the door. I'm assuming Lyra would still be by the water unless we yeah. pulled her. Yeah. Actually, if uh, Lyra was holding back, I'd like to think that Ikmer would have stayed by her side. Stayed by her side and been like, uh, Lyra, come on. So I, I don't like it. So in a row, it's what? Eclipse, Motumbe, and then closest to the water is Lyra with um, Ikmer kind of between Motumbe and, and Lyra. So Also close to the water, from left to right. As Eclipse enters the room, and unfortunately, you know, Lyra's kind of staring over this water. She's got, a, she's got a good vantage point on the water and can see what's going on there. But Eclipse, you see this furnace, and you see this opening of the furnace. Looks like it could fit maybe a child in it. It's that large. I'm the size of a child. And and you see the face of the furnace begin to animate. Do you measure furnace, the size of furnaces by what size (laughs) you can fit in it? Yes. Yes. That's a... You can fit one and a half icks in that furnace. Yes. I mean, I measure microwaves in sizes of children and yeah. pets. I slap ovens. the top of the furnace and I say, you can fit so many fucking PCs in this bad boy. <laughs> that's a, a, a one-third child-sized microwave. <laughs> so, you see the face of the furnace begin to animate and you smell this stench, this overpowering stench of burning flesh 
and I need everybody to roll for initiative. You know, I personally have a terrible feeling. This can't really be where, like, they disposed of prisoners they didn't want to, like, bury. We did see Who knows? Does Zygmar think that? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Eclipse got 12. 23 for Lyra. Four for Ikmer. Ooh. That's a three on the die. We're looking at a 12 for... Oh, no. That is not even remotely close to true. <laughs> nope. Jesus. That is a... Uh, that is... I was thinking about my character from uh, from yesterday when we were playing Starfinder. Um, that is a seven total. So seven, Lyra, sorry. 23. 23. She's pumped up by this water. Ikmer. <laughs> <laughs> Igmer. Oh, uh, four. Also very distracted by the water. Eclipse. Twelve. Eclipse, you are first to act. As you see this furnace begin to flame to life. And you realize there's fucking spiritual activity going on. Oh, shit. In the surprise round, Eclipse is the only one to act. Is there a a door to this furnace? Yeah. And Eclipse can see, Ikmer can't see yet, that the door has swung open. Okay. Does it open to the outside or the inside? It's basically like it opens out like an oven door, but okay. but but open to the side. I was say, from it'd the be top. pretty weird. I'm, if I'm, a, I'm sorry, just to clarify, you said this was there was some sort of spiritual activity. Did that imply that this was a haunt, or is this some sort of animated creature furnace? Like like what does it what does it seem like? It seems like a haunt. Okay. Considering she beat a ten on the surprise round, that haunts always act on the ten. Would our characters know this when they look at it? No, you will need to make a knowledge check. Would I know that, though? You would. Eclipse would know, since she has the bonuses to kind of perceiving and dealing with haunts. Is Aranel out right now? Aranel is out. Also, Ikmer, he won't even just take, he won't even take the knowledge check. I know for a fact that his character would not know. (laughs) That's fine, because you don't have knowledge religion, so... I don't have a knowledge anything. It's an empty book up there. Are there any <laughs> tracks? Okay, so So it's clips. my turn, right? What are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm going to spend a point on mental focus, and I'm going to put my shield up. Okay. And unfortunately, the haunt triggers. Let's use a D4 to determine what it targets. Ikmer is one. Eclipse is two. Lyra is three, Matumbe is four. We've got a one. Ouch. It targets Ikmer. It targets his touch AC. Oh boy. <laughs> is a 15 hit your touch? It does. Ikmer takes. It's a few die rattle in there, folks. 13 points of fire damage as this lash of flames erupts from the mouth of the furnace. 
and just hits him full force. He's not prepared for it. He's not ready for it. He's, he's kind of looking over the lake with Lyra and it hits him in the back and he just, he feels the flesh on his back bubble and almost meld to his armor. And with that, Lyra is up. I imagine that would definitely snap Lyra out of her focus on the water and see that. Yeah, she could hear that, and Ikmer almost shrieks in pain. It's uh, like, it's one of the worst pains he's ever felt. He's usually used to being like this impenetrable bulwark of a person, and he just felt this like seep through his armor and just scald him. Uh, so she's going to be pretty worried about how much it did just like out of the blue. Um, so kind of by instinct, um, she would like to take out one of the haunt siphons that she has. And um, so that is a glass vial that's kind of encased in a cold iron casing that's mm-hmm. etched with strange runes. And there's a little bit of wisp of white vapor yep. inside spinning around. And she is going to... Um, twist and open the vial as a standard action mm-hmm. and I believe uh, at, when she activates that it does 3d6 go ahead and roll All right. and roll high woo okay so that's an 11 11 and you feel like this negative energy pulled towards a siphon And then the furnace flares this angry, deep red fire because it hasn't been quite quenched by that haunt siphon. Sad day. But you did deal the positive energy damage to it. I think there's a difference. Like when you actually kill it with the haunt siphon, it sucks it up. But Mm -hmm. you still deal the damage with the haunt siphon regardless. Okay. Okay. That was a bold move, though. I appreciate that. That was bold. Please draw me a hero card. Ooh. For using the items that I've given to you in the campaign <laughs> in a way that is beneficial. The beating. Ooh, that's that's Ikmer's hero card. Yeah. Uh, I believe that is an evil. Yes, that is an evil card, so you can give me disadvantage on any roll. Woo, so you so have that in addition to your other one. Sweet. So you just mark that down and toss me the uh, hero card. I appreciate that. Okay, with that, it's Eclipse's turn. Uh, where exactly is the enemy? So it is activating from the uh, southwest corner of the room. It's kind of that opening that you see over there. Kind of looks like a jagged. Yes, exactly. Thank you for placing that. Okay. Uh... I don't think I've got a whole lot to deal with uh, a furnace. So, I'm going to call upon someone who might, and I will be summoning a monster. Oh. Awesome. So you begin summoning this monster. Correct. And it is, unfortunately, the haunt's turn. We'll do this once again. Is this against Ikmer? I'm rolling a D4 to see what it attacks. You were all within range. Okay. Man, enough with the D4 play. Goddamn. 
two is Eclipse. I Unfortunately, would like to, oh, that's terrible. Okay. If this hits, your before summon monster will be before unable we, to be cast. Before we do anything, I'm going to use my card, my disadvantage card. Okay. So you use the disadvantage card. I roll two die in front of you guys and take the worst result. So that is a twelve and a twenty. Does a 15 hit your touch AC? Oh, that that has to. Yikes. Yeah. You got so lucky that he did that. Thank you. If that was a 20, you would oh be dead. My. Man, he should get a hero card for that use. <laughs> That's clutch. <laughs> Recycling him. You take 12 points of fire damage. As this, you see the maw of this furnace, and it almost starts to become a skull and you see the bars look like the teeth of the skull and it just breathes this lash of fire onto you and I lose my and you lose your summoned monster my mental focus Batumbe you're up alright I gotta do some sort of uh, knowledge is it what what type of knowledge religion religion for sure Eric doing me dirty Two on the die. That First bad time. one all day. I know, Jeez, I know. done so dirty. All What's it good to? Fucking Eric. Uh, that's a nine total. Nine total. You know this is a haunt and it is damaged by positive energy. Damaged by positive energy. You don't know anything else about it. I mean, it is a furnace. They, they call him a Tumbe, the one trick pony. Uh, no last name. Uh, not for no reason. My disrupt undead is a ray of positive energy. Go for it. So Matumbe is going to crack open the book in one hand and do his quick, like, it. you know, it's a it's a level zero spell, so it's probably only like a two or three word incantation in Polyglot. And he's going, and like a, uh, the, the this like gray energy coalesces around the book and shoots out an array, and he's going to try and hit it with a ranged touch. All right, Eric's bringing it back. That's a, uh, that's a 13 on the die. So, uh, Good job, 16 touch. That hits. Roll your damage. This is a very important damage roll. Six on the die on a D6. And you see the furnace begin to sputter. Fuck and the your face furnace. in the furnace begins to just morph back into a normal looking door. And the fire goes out. And I need you guys to finish your drinks because we'll see you next week. I knew it.